Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. Today we are going to study the final parak in the book of Zechariah. <laughs> so we will complete the book of Zechariah today. This is chapter 14, <coughs> Parak Yudalid. Um, the prophet begins with uh, the following verse. Hine yom Adonai, the day, behold, is coming the day of God, the Yom Hashem, the day of God we've had in many um, in many of the prophets and generally refers to that day, that day in the future when justice finally happens, when the wicked are punished, when the good are rewarded, when the world is just in a way that we can see and it's obvious that God is in charge. And that booty that um spoils which has been taken and stolen from you over the many many years this refers of course to belongings physical belongings and wealth but just everything everything that's been taken away from you over the years will be divided up and given back among you so you will see that final act of justice if you remember the chapter before we discussed how the um what was going to happen on this great big battle, the day of the great battle of the future when, when the nations of the world will gather against Jerusalem and God would fight for Jerusalem and that the people of, uh, in, of those nations will, um, will uh, mostly be destroyed, but then there will be many left. Those that are left will end up becoming... Um, coming under the wings of God, so to speak, that they will be redeemed as well. We're going to see a similar idea here. Zechariah, after talking about that bayom hahu, that, that, or actually in this case it's yom ba, that day of Hashem, the day of God which is coming, he then goes back to that battle. V'yasafti eskolagayim, on that day what's going to happen? I will gather all of the nations, El Yerushalayim, against Jerusalem, Milchama, in a war. V'nil ir, the city will be... Um, captured or at least the city will be yes the city will be captured in this war <coughs> homes will be destroyed and unfortunately as often happens in terrible wars women will be violated and half of the city will end up going out being exiled but the remainder of the people in the city <coughs> will remain there they will remain in the city because um, they will be saved before, if we remember, we mentioned that God that two thirds of the attackers were going to die, and a third of the attackers were going to be left over. They were going to remain and eventually become be incorporated into God's nation, which will include the entire earth. Now we're finding out that the people among the Jews, the the defenders, the people living in the city, also are going to have half of them exiled from the city. And half of them will remain. So half of them will be scattered around the world again and suffer this terrible suffering on this, and during this terrible battle. And God will go. So this war is going to happen. It's going to look like the, the people of Jerusalem are losing the war. However, God himself will go out and wage war against these nations. Just like God wages war on a day of combat. <laughs> It sounds like this kind of war <clears throat> is a different kind of combat. 
But just like God stands behind people when there's com- actual combat between one army and another going on, here God is going to go out and wage war, but in a different style, his own style, which and his feet will stand on that day on the Mount of Olives, which is the mountain that is to the east of Jerusalem. God will stand upon Harazesim, Asher al Pnei Yerushalayim, the the mountain which faces Jerusalem, and Mikedem from the east. Vinivka Harazesim mechetzio mizracha v'yama. There will be a massive shaking of the earth, which will split the Mount of Olives into two. Mechetzio mizracha v'yama, east to west split. Um, it will just split and part. Gegedolam yod. It will create this tremendous chasm, this tremendous valley between the two. And half of the mountain will move towards the north, and half of the mountain will move towards the south. So this massive valley will be created in this giant um, earthquake. Vinastem. Now the the word vinastem here is variously translated as what would usually be pronounced vinistam, and it will be stopped up or closed up which is how the Targum Yonason translates it. However, I'm going to go with the Radak's translation, who translates it the much more simple way. That And you will run. People will run out of fear. They're frightened. The world is shaking. The ground is cracking open. There's this massive earthquake. Gehorai, you're going to run into uh, uh, past the valley that's between my mountains. Kiagia gehorim, because you are going to... Um, because this 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 geharim, this valley that opened up between the mountains, will go so far it will reach El Otzal to a place called Otzal, which is presumably far away. Vinastem, and you're going to want to run to a place where this valley isn't, to a place where the earth hasn't cracked open, and you will run kasher arash, just like everyone ran when there was an earthquake during the days of Uziah, the king of Yehuda, many years prior. The memory of that massive earthquake at the time of Uziah, which is also mentioned by the prophet Amos and hinted to it by the prophet Isaiah. This was a major event in the history of the people that, uh, that were carried on in the collective memory of the people. Just like everyone ran then to try to find a safe place and not to get hurt from the earthquake, the same thing you will run when this massive earthquake occurs because God is going to wage war by shaking the earth. And then on this day when you're running, everyone is frightened, everyone is scared. This is the day that God is going to come. Kol kidoshim imach. Literally that means all of the holy ones with you. Now what does that mean, all of the holy ones are with you? So some translate the holy ones as referring to angels. That's the typical translation of most of the classic Mepharshim, most of the classic commentaries. That God will come and all of the angels and all of, his, all of God's cohorts will come with him. The uh, Radak, I'm gonna, who I'm going to translate and go with the Radak's translation here, using the Radak most of this chapter, if you haven't noticed, is um, brings the language of the Rambam of Maimonides in uh, Nebuchim in his Guide to the Perplexed, who talks about the Kedoshim, and the Kedoshim here are not referring to the, any, any spiritual beings, but he's referring to the prophets. All of those prophets that have been talking until now, and the Rambam is really saying this, Maimonides is saying this, because if you recall this entire book of Zechariah, he was constantly reminding us that he was following in the footsteps 
of the earlier prophets that had said these things. Zechariah is reiterating the prophecies that the people were already familiar with. So, kol kedoshim imach, all of those holy ones that have taught you over the years that one day the day of God will come, they are all with you. And that is the day that God will come, and that is the day that I, Zechariah, now I'm talking about. Vahoya bayomahu in verse 6. And on that day it will be something different, something unusual. Again, I'm translating like the Radak does, Lohiya or Yikarot. The precious, bright light of the sun, Vikipa'on, and the light that comes from the moon and the stars, which is really what happens in darkness. So neither the light nor the darkness will be around on that day. Because there will be so much, there will be both suffering and redemption. There will be such a mix of the two that the day can't, won't be able to be called a great wonderful day, nor will it be able to be called a terrible day, because there will be both redemption and suffering occurring. Bahaya again on the same theme, verse 7, Yom Echad Hu, it will be one day, all mixed, Yivadal Adonai, this day is only known to God when this day is going to happen. Hopefully, Zechariah is thinking, hopefully you people that he's talking to will bring it about and bring the redemption soon but if not soon it will be later only God knows when it will happen it will be a day of lo yom velo laila it's not going to be a day of day meaning a day of great redemption and joy nor will it be a day of sadness and terror because it will be a mix however when the day is over when the day when the sun is setting on that day so to speak or then finally there will be light and we will see light and the suffering will end this is verse 8 and on that day life giving waters will come from Jerusalem this image Zechariah mentioned in the last chapter when he talked about the um, in chapter 13 when he mentioned the a, a well spring a fountain will open uh, in order to purify the people and Zechariah was referring back to the vision of Ezekiel, the vision of Ezekiel, um, who, who talks about how the, when the future temple and the redemption happens, there will be this river, this life-giving river that flows forth from the temple all around the world. Zechariah is clearly referring to that event. Um, and uh, the, that day, that water will come out of Jerusalem, part of the water will flow eastward towards the sea towards the east which is presumably referring to <coughs> the Kinneret or the Sea of Galilee and some of it will flow to the western sea remember I've mentioned several times I mentioned earlier that when we talk about Acharon or Achare it's referring to the west so that would be the Mediterranean Sea presumably this will not be a temporary wadi that flows only in the rainy season but whether it's the rainy season or the summer dry season this will constantly flow this life-giving water the Mayim Chaim coming from Jerusalem will be always and on that day it will be verse 9 Adonai God will be God will be king over the entire world on that day that day, that future day, yeah, that day, that day God will be one, His name will be one, because the entire world will then know God. Yisov kol what will happen, verse 10, 
the entire land will become like the Arava, Migeval Arimon. The Arava is the wilderness, meaning it will all grow green, Migeval Arimon, Negev Yerushalayim, from Geva to Rimon, south of Jerusalem, which is generally desert, Vira Amav, Yashva Tachtea, and it will um, be raised high, and underneath this land, the Mishar Binyamin, from the land, from the gates of Benjamin, Ad Makom Shaharishon, until the place of the original old gate, Achar HaPinim, until the gate of Pinim, Umigdal Hananel, and the tower of Hananel, Adikve HaMelech, until the king's wine presses. He's giving out places, not 100% clear which, what all of these places are, but the point being that the the bounty coming from Jerusalem will spread throughout the land. Vyashvuva, and the uh, people will then finally live within the land. Vacherem lo yeod, there will no longer be destruction of the land. And the city Jerusalem will, will remain and dwell and live securely forever for the rest of time. However, the others, those that were waging war, the ones that didn't do so well, what's going to happen is this is the, the, um, the uh, uh, plague that will come upon that God is going to set out against all of these nations that waged war against Jerusalem, their flesh will rot from their bodies even as they're standing. And his eyes, those that waged war against Jerusalem, against God, their eyes will rot in their sockets, and their tongues will rot in their mouths. And on that day, what will happen to you? The tumult, the tumultuousness that's caused by God's wrath will be so great among all of these people. People will start grabbing each other. They also start hitting each other and killing each other just because of this great uh, confusion and suffering going on among these people. And even Yehuda will wage war in Jerusalem. Now there's many ways of understanding this. This could mean also Yehuda, meaning the other cities of Jerusalem, and, and we've had this before, if you listen to the last chapter and the chapter before, will wage war on behalf of Jerusalem. The other cities will come on behalf of Jerusalem and wage war to protect it. That's one way of understanding it. We also had reference last chapter of Judeans, people of Judah who were, who were impressed into the army against their will um, to fight against Judah. So even they are also fighting against Jerusalem could be another way of understanding that. It could also be understood that some of the people of Judah, maybe we mentioned some that were exiled, some that lost, were actually willingly fighting against Judah. So there were Jews among those that are the attackers. So not only, so they themselves also will will be among the attackers and unfortunately will then have to suffer the fate of the attackers. So there's many ways of understanding so this could be talking about the defenders or the attackers. It all depends exactly how you translate it. And the great wealth uh, of all of the nations that surround Jerusalem will be gathered. Lots of gold and silver and, and, and clothing and all kinds of riches and wealth will be gathered there against the people of Jerusalem. And just like I said, I was going to strike the people, I am going to do the same 
to their weapons, to their horses, Hapered and their mules, Hagomel and their camels, Viachamor and their donkeys, Vichol Habehema and all of the animals, Asher Yeb that are gathered in those war camps against Jerusalem, Kamagi Fahazos, they will suffer the same fate. The animals will suffer the same fate as their masters. However, verse 16, those that remain, the remnant of, the, of those nations, the ones that are not destroyed, the ones that remain with God, the ones that do not, that stop the fight against Jerusalem and humble themselves before God, they will remain and for years and years on later, every year they will come to bow to the King, the Lord God Himself and to celebrate as Chaga Sukkot, the festival of Sukkot, also known as the festival of booths. As we know, the festival of Sukkot was particularly a festival which was, it is always celebrated for the entire world. Um, we bring the sacrifices that are dedicated to all of the nations of the world on Sukkot. It is therefore fitting and it is also the 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 holiday which, which the Torah emphasizes repeatedly is a holiday of happiness, um, the holiday of, of, of celebration. It is fitting that those, those remnants of those armies, the ones who decided to humble themselves before God and join the people of God, just like Zechariah mentioned, every time he talked about destruction, he always pointed out that not everyone will be destroyed. There will be those who will be, end up joining the people of God, and he's emphasizing that here too. But those that choose not to join, from all the different families from around the world, the ones that choose not to come to Jerusalem, to bow, in other words, to humble themselves, to the King God Himself, they will suffer the fate. They will suffer for that. They will not have rain. They will suffer drought and poverty. If, for example, the family of Egypt, Lo Ta'aled, decides, we're not going to go to God, Velova, and they don't come, Hamagefa. And, um, and they think to themselves that, um, that, that we will therefore not, we will still not suffer the same fate, that God is making suffer all the other nations, the ones that don't come and they're thinking that they can get away with it. This will be considered a sin of Egypt. This will be the sin of all of the nations to come and celebrate the holiday of Sukkot. <coughs> On that day, the day that all the nations of the world come to celebrate Sukkot together, when there's... Uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions upon millions of people coming to Jerusalem to celebrate together. Yeah, Metzilos Hasus, the Metzilos, the um, uh, the bells that are hanging around the necks of the horses, will be written Kodesh Ladonai. These are holy to God. Those horses, which were once so often, Zechariah mentioned the horse as the symbol of war of the symbol of, of the warriors coming to attack Jerusalem, now those horses are going to be considered holy to God. Not that they're being brought as sacrifices, of course, as the horse is not a kosher animal, but this means that they will be considered consecrated and they will be considered uh, temple property. And all of the pots, 
cooking, there will be so many sacrifices and so much meat being consumed by so many people coming to celebrate the Ves Adonai that all of the pots being used will all be within the temple itself because there will be so much to eat from the sacrifices, from the holy things that all the pots will be they will be holy just like the bowls used to spray the blood upon the altar so will all the pots be used for holy things and it will be again called Seder B'Yushalayim this is verse 21 every pot in Jerusalem of Yehuda and in Yehuda and in Judah Kodesh they will all be holy to God because they will all be being used for the purpose of sacrifices for the purposes of holy meat for the purposes of celebrating together, and all of the people that are coming to bring these sacrifices will all come, and they will take from these pots, and they will cook their their food in the pots, and there will no longer be any merchants, there won't be any buying and selling, people won't be running around looking, looking to buy and sell pots and so on in mundane ways, because it would be totally unnecessary because everything will be there. So many people will be bringing so many supplies that people just come and take and everything is there for free. No longer will they have to, to, to haggle and, 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 and debate prices and so on. So there will no longer be such a knani bevesa adonites of os in the house of the Lord God. On that day, on that day in the future, when everyone will have everything they need in Jerusalem when they come to celebrate together. This is the end of the beautiful book of Zechariah, this beautiful vision of the day in the future when the entire world comes to celebrate together, when everyone has food to eat, everyone has holy food to eat, and everyone is there to worship and bow before God Himself on the holiday of Sukkot. Thank you so much for studying the book of Zechariah together with me. We will next study the book of Malachi, who is also the final prophet, the last of the prophets, <coughs> the last of the 12 minor prophets, but also the last prophet, period. After studying Malachi together, I will then continue with this theme of studying the books that pertain to this period, the early Second Temple period. And we will study the books of Ezra and Nehemiah, which occurred contemporaneous to the prophets we have just been studying, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. So we'll do Ezra and Nehemiah, Malachi next, and then Ezra and then Nehemiah. Thank you so much for studying together with me.